first time I heard that song, One Thing Remains, that we sang there just at the end, um, it brought tears to my eyes, and I'm not even sure why. You know, I'm not uh, an emotional person, as most of you know. I don't get real cryy. But the first time I heard it, it brought tears to my eyes, and it, it made me think about how no matter what we have or what we don't have, what's most important is that, that Jesus is the one thing that remains. No matter what changes we have in our life, what good things, what bad things. And um, this morning's message is on gratitude. And the funny thing is, is uh, the first thing I thought of, we could have a... Uh, we could have a, a Spoiled Brats Anonymous club in here. And I could be the first person to stand up and say, Hi, my name is Matt Sellers, and I'm a Spoiled Brat. And, of course, if you know anything about the uh, Spoiled Brats Anonymous or any of the anonymous programs, the first step is to admit that you have a problem. And I'd laugh a little bit at the, the idea of the culture that we have that is, is so spoiled and, and how much they're in it for themselves and how much we, we think about ourselves. And the funny thing is, is, is Paul, uh, the Apostle Paul, who, who wrote much of the, the New Testament under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, wrote a letter to Timothy, his, uh, his young Padawan learner, if you will. And um, he, he wrote it in his second letter. He wrote this in 2 Timothy 3, 1 and 2. He said, you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. Verse 2 says, For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. I think we're there. I think we're there. Our society thinks that we have it rough, but we really, we really don't. You know, you watch the news and it's doom and gloom about the unemployment and about the recession and about how people don't have the money that they had and their houses are upside down and they're foreclosing and those kind of things. If you really look at it, we brought it on ourselves from our greed in the first place. But when you look at those things, we think we have it so terrible. But I I challenge you someday to venture into a foreign country of a third world country and and see what it's really like. See what life is, is really like. And how rough life actually can be. And, you know, we, we complain about what we don't have quite a bit. And I think, I think we just need to put things in proper perspective. And there's a guy that was, uh, it was on, uh, on Conan O'Brien's talk show. And, and uh, he, he, was, he was sitting there. And it, he had some pretty funny things to say. Blaine, can you, can you run that for me? Just bring us back to reality? Yeah, because everything is amazing right now. And nobody's happy. Like, in my lifetime, the changes in the world have been incredible. When I was a kid, we had a rotary phone. We had a phone that you had to stand next to, and you had to dial it. Yes. You you realize how primitive, you're making sparks (laughs) in a phone, and you actually would hate people with zeros in their numbers, because it was more, like, oh, this guy's got two zeros. And then, if you wanted money, you had to go in the bank, for when it was open for like three hours. You had to stand in line, write yourself a check like an idiot. And then when you run out of money, you just go, well, I can't do any more things now. (laughs) I can't do any more things. That's it, yeah. That was it. And even if you had a credit card, the guy would go, oh, and he'd bring out this whole chunk, chunk, and he'd write, you'd have to call the president to see if you have any money. It's all true, kids. You had to call the president, yeah. 
It was ridiculous. Yes. Do you feel that we now, in the 21st century, we take technology for granted? Well, yeah, because now we live in an, in an amazing, amazing world, and it's wasted on the, on the crappiest generation of just spoiled idiots that don't care, because this is what people are like now. They got their phone, and they're like, ugh, it won't... Give it a second! Give it, it's going to space! Can you give it a second to get back from space? Flying is the worst one, because people come back from flights, and they tell you their story. And it's like a horror story. It's, they act like their flight was like a cattle car in the 40s in Germany. That's yeah. how bad they make it sound. Right. They're like, it was the worst day of my life. First of all, we didn't board for 20 minutes. And then we get on the plane, and they made us sit there on the runway for 40 minutes. We had to sit there. Oh, really, what happened next? Did you fly through the air incredibly like a bird? Did you partake in the miracle of human flight, you non-contributing zero that you got to fly? You're flying! It's amazing. Everybody on every plane should just constantly be going, oh my god! Wow! Yes! You're flying. You're, you're sitting in a chair in the sky. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It is amazing how we can change our perspective on things, isn't it? When we, we really sit back and think about what we have and, and the, the abilities that we have. And, you know, I'm so glad I didn't have to grow up in Bible times. Okay? You know, there, there wasn't a Walmart to go to when you needed something. You know, we, we look at biblical stories and we, we put them in today's times, like when Jesus made the water out of the wine and the, he had the six servants go fill out the big giant 80-gallon wash bin things. And people think, oh, he just went over to a spigot and turned it on and filled it up. No, they had to go to a river and carry those bad dogs all the way out. You know, we forget how good we really do have it. And when, what he's talking about there in, in this whole thing is that, you know, those ungrateful people, they include us. And when I say us, I mean the Christians. Those who follow Christ, they include us. And, and we have a hard time for being grateful. And really, we have more than anyone could ever want or anyone could ever imagine years ago. We really have more than people in other countries right now could ever want or imagine. And yet we are unhappy. Do you realize that you and I, if you've accepted Christ, are saved from hell? Do you realize that? Do you realize how huge that is? And how that one thing by itself should make us happy all the time? No matter what other situation's going on? And we, we'll start our prayers off. My, my common thing that I say when I start off a prayer is, well, God, we thank you. We thank you for this. We thank you for who you are. And I catch myself saying it because it's routine. Not because I'm really thanking him. Maybe you do the same thing. We get into this routine of thank you, thank you, but really are we showing thanks and gratitude to God? Do we really mean it? And I guess the best way to find out is do our actions back up our words? There's a story of 10 lepers in the book of Luke chapter 17. These 10 lepers are getting healed by Jesus and it's an interesting way uh, of taking that story and looking at it in comparison to ours, our current story right now. 
It's found in Luke 17, verse 11 through 19. If you have your Bibles, you can open up to it. If you don't, then I would just ask you to follow along here on the screen. It says this, As Jesus continued toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there, ten lepers stood at a distance. There's a few things I want to point out to you right here. They all knew they had a problem. That's why they're standing at a distance. If you know anything about leprosy, it's a disgusting skin disease that is, uh, uh, you get it by contact. So they had to stay away and had to stay in their own little colony. Nobody wanted to hang out with them. They understood they had a problem. The second thing is, is they were being hung out with by Jesus. Because most people did everything they could to avoid that area. And Jesus went right into it. He went right into it and he knew they were there. Picking up in verse 13, those ten that were standing at a distance, they were crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. So they realized they had this problem. They realized who Jesus was. They called out to his name. And in the process, they were healed. They called out his name. And they did what they were told, and they were healed. So these guys all are heading to the priest. Now, I can only imagine what might have been going through their head the second they were healed. And the reason why they went to the priest wasn't because he did the healing. It was because he was the one that was allowed to declare them clean and allowing them to go back to their family and friends and homes because they weren't allowed to be near people. So when they got declared clean, what do you think they did? They probably went to their families and their friends and they got their hugs and their kisses and the things that they needed, the things that they had been missing because they weren't allowed to touch people, the things that we take for granted. And they went and they did that, except for one. Read with me here in verse 15. It says, One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, Praise God. He fell on the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. And Jesus asked, Didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. It's amazing how quickly, how quickly the other nine took for granted what Jesus had done and not returned that thank you, that gratitude to God. Do you realize what condition we were in when Jesus found us? Do you realize the sin that was wrapped up in your life and the things that were going wrong and everything was pointing right to hell and then Jesus found us and saved us from that? How often do we really thank him for that? Or has it just become part of the norm? Because, okay, we got that taken care of, let's go on with our life. That's kind of what happened with these lepers. Why do we have such a hard time being grateful why do we have such a hard time with gratitude? And why do we not show our gratitude towards God like we really should? And I throw in we, and maybe I'm being stereotypical, but it seems that most of us have this problem, and I know I do, and maybe that's where I'm getting the we. But why is it so hard for us to show our gratitude to Him? I mean, it's pretty important to God. Look what it says in Psalm 69, 30, and 31. It says, Then I will praise God's name with singing, and I will honor him with thanksgiving. For this will please the Lord more than sacrificing cattle and more than presenting a bull with his horns and its hooves. This act of gratitude and showing gratitude to God 
is more important to him. While both of them are important, but it is more important to him than us sacrificing and giving. It's more important to him that we show our gratitude. There's tons of passages about gratitude that we should show God, and some of those passages are in your bulletin this morning. My favorite one that I threw in there is 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 18, or 5, 16 through 18. It says, Always be joyful, never stop praying, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Have you ever asked that question of yourself? What is God's will for me? This is where it starts. God's will for you is to be thankful in all circumstances. Then he'll show you the rest. Because I really think he'll open up the door. If you ever, you know, you teenagers are like, well, I just don't know what God's will for my life is. Just be thankful that he, he's given you a life, and then we'll go from there. And let him lead and let him direct. And that goes on from, from being kids all the way through adults. God deserves and is worthy of our honor. And to him be all the glory. And I'll be honest with you, the best way for us to show God's glory and give him the highest glory is to have grateful thoughts and grateful attitudes and grateful life and recognize the blessings that he's given us. Because it is so easy to focus on the negative. It is so easy to focus on the negative. And, And maybe I'm alone. Maybe I'm the only one that's dealt with this. But it is so easy for us to say, oh, poor, poor me. When really there's not a poor, poor you. We've been given more than we could ever ask for or deserve. God has saved me from my past, and he has a great future for me. And that alone should be enough. The great thing is, it's not alone the blessing that he's given us. Because he's blessed us with far more than that. Far more than that that we should be grateful for. And today I want you to take this teaching to heart. I know that sounds funny, because you're like, well, shouldn't I take every teaching to heart? But yeah, today is a little different, though. I really think that today we need to apply today's message. It's, It's like a bar of soap, okay? It looks great, and it smells great, and it looks all good there, but it doesn't do anything unless you actually apply it. And I want you today to to apply this as we walk out of here this afternoon, as we go to Connection Group tonight, as we go through our week, to think about the things that you and I are grateful for. So in your uh, worship guide there, in your bulletin, there's a note page. If you don't have one, uh, we can get you one. If you don't like to write in those and would rather write in the front cover of your Bible, I've made some observations on gratitude that I'd love for you, I'd love for you to have with you and write down and, and really apply them. So if you want to write in the margin of your Bible or if you uh, would rather write in your worship guide, I'd I'd ask you to do that. Because really I've been thinking about this message for about eight weeks now. Um, As we went through the Not a Fan series, I was almost excited to get through Not a Fan just so we could talk about this today. And um, nothing against the Not a Fan. I thought the Not a Fan series was great. It was very challenging to me. But the one thing that I've struggled with and and have always had a hard time with is, is gratitude. And I think as we hit November, November's obviously... The holiday season has begun. We have Thanksgiving, which is a day that we give thanks, although every day, as we will see today, should be a day of Thanksgiving. And we hit Christmas. And the thing with Christmas is, and we'll talk about this even more next week as we talk about our Hope Sunday, um, the thing with Christmas is, is all my kids have done for the past, I don't know, three months is when we go to Walmart in the toy aisle, oh, Dad, I want that for Christmas, and I want that for Christmas, and I want that for Christmas. 
And you know what? I'm excited. I want to get them things for Christmas. But that should never be our attitude walking into Christmas. Our attitude should be walking into Christmas saying Jesus Christ was born for us to be able to live as well. That is what started the process of our salvation through him, was him coming down and being born as a baby here on earth. And that's where we should take Christmas from the beginning. I'm all about doing gifts and having fun with that, but sometimes we let that dominate and don't let it, uh, don't let it really sink in on what Jesus really did. So as we are getting into this season and as we look at this, there's these, these couple of things that I want to share with you. So here they are. Number one, first thing is about gratitude is that gratitude is never invisible or silent. Gratitude is never invisible or silent. Some people say, you know, I'm grateful, but I just have a hard time saying it. I'm grateful, but I just don't know how to express it. You know my heart. And my response to that is, is no, I'm not a cardiologist. I don't know your heart. Okay? I'd rather have you hear you say it, and I'd rather see you do it and show your gratitude. Luke 6.45 says, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Whatever's in your heart is what comes out of your mouth and that gratitude that is there and, and being able to share. And we know, we know God wants to know about our gratitude. We know he wants us to show it. We need to show our gratitude to God, and we need to show our gratitude to others. Because in showing our gratitude to others, it really shows that we're showing gratitude to God because others are God's creation. And so that gratitude carries over. Gratitude always shows up or speaks up. If you were truly grateful, if you were truly grateful, you will find a way to express it. You want me to prove it to you? Anybody here watch Oprah? You don't watch Oprah? That's okay. I don't either. But she has a, and now she's done, I don't watch the OWN network either. But um, the, the idea of what um, Oprah has done in the past is she's had this one major ticket a year, the one show you want to go to. It was called Oprah's Favorite Things. Have you ever heard of Oprah's Favorite Things where she gives out stuff to everybody in the audience? Well, one particular year, 2010, she gave away a brand new car a Volkswagen Beetle, 2012 Volkswagen Beetle. It, it just, they were actually debuting it on the show. And the people didn't know it, but they knew they were going to get some stuff when she announced it. I want you to see their action and reaction of gratitude right here. My favorite guy right here. Are you after this? Yeah, that was good right there. Okay. And then there's a guy right. 
Here, that guy. <laughs> hold on to yourself. It's a long hour, so That's hold right. On. It is a long hour. You better hold on to yourself. And you know what she gave away that day? And they didn't even know it, that Volkswagen Beetle? She gave away a $130 tin of popcorn. Um, she gave away Uggs, those hideous shoes that some of you wear. Um, the reason why they're called Uggs. Um, the, uh, the, it, it amazes me. The second that they, she started off saying, oh, we're going to talk about meditation and blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden it just opened up and everybody got really excited because they knew they were going to get stuff. And their gratitude was definitely shown. They started dancing around and hugging each other and high-fiving and praising God and you know, all this kind of stuff. And they did that because of stuff. Stuff that in a few weeks that popcorn is going to be stale if not eaten. Someday those shoes are going to be worn out. That car is going to have rust on it and get traded in for something else. And yet, look how grateful they were. How much more grateful should we be that Jesus gave us something that can never be taken away and that will never disappear? How much more grateful should we be? And I think it's a little bit sad that the Oprah show can be more energetic and more excited than church. You know, we got started this morning with the Say So song. That, that, just a great song. And, and, you know, I joked about it last week just a little bit. About, you know, we, we have a lot of Baptists. And the, the expression is, is inner instead of outer. And, uh, and, and we're, we're happy singing along. We're happy being in. And, and, uh, but, but much movement is borderline charismatic. And we don't want that. You know, we don't want people to, to look and stare. And I'm okay with whatever, however you feel you need to worship. But I think sometimes we need to show our gratitude. And when we sing a song like, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Heck yeah. We need to say so. That's right. We need to tell people that we're redeemed and be excited about it. You know what? I'm going to give you another opportunity at the end of, the, at, at the end of all this. As we're leaving, I'm going to ask the band to sing that again. Because we need to tell people. And be excited about it. You know, if I gave you the keys to a brand new Beetle, you would go tell people. So guess what my pastor gave me? I'm not sure how he's going to pay for it, but I know. Look what he gave me. You'd be excited about that. You know what God gave you? He gave you Jesus. And we need to be excited about that. And that's something that somehow, some way, Oprah had figured out. And somehow we've missed it here at the church. And not only do we need to feel more grateful, we need to be more grateful. And we need to express it. It is never invisible or silent. The next thing I want you to know is that gratitude sustains joy and blessing. Gratitude sustains joy and blessing. There's a few pet peeves that I have. And I've shared them with you before. But most of them revolve around the people that are inconsiderate and people that are ungrateful. We went to Walmart the other day, and we're looking in the ice cream section. And I'm looking for uh, cinnamon ice cream, which apparently they don't, they don't sell very often, but we're looking for some cinnamon ice cream. And I'm looking in the, in the cabinet, and I'm kind of standing back a little bit so I can get the whole range of something. A lady comes up on her cell phone, pushes her cart, and stops directly in front of me and starts looking in the same cabinet. And I'm like, I know I've lost some weight, but am I still here? Didn't even look, didn't even say anything, and kept on walking. And I was just like, if I didn't have a Paragon sticker at the back of my car, I'll tell you what. 
You know, those are the things that go through your mind. How many of you like to drive on Paseo where it intersects with I-25? I'm really, really excited that they are trying to figure out a way to make that where it just flows smoothly. Because I, I'm telling you, if you could lose your salvation, I would lose it there every, every time I get on there. Because I hate when people just, I'm going to drive up here and then I'm going to just cut on in. I'm just going to, I'll use my turn signal because that makes it all right. The fact that you're all waiting in line, I'm going to skip you. You know, that bothers me. And what bothers me even worse is because, because I have a Paragon sticker on the back of my car, they assume that I'm going to be a Christian. And I have to, so I have to feed that assumption. I have to say, okay, you can come in. But they never even thank me. They never even give me a wave. Hey, thanks for letting me in. You know, it's that simple. I can see in your rear, rear window there, you can just, thanks. And I'll be like, hey, no problem. Actually, there is a problem, but I'm going to act like there's not one. You know, that bothers me. And sometimes, sometimes people just get so inconsiderate, they, they forget to be grateful. And that bothers me when, when people need to be grateful for something that's done for them. And one of the great things about gratitude is when you're grateful for a blessing, it'll carry over. It'll carry over from there. And we look at it and we think about it, but we never really do it. We never really apply it. And I think the reason why is because a lot of people have never learned to be grateful for something. So it never carries over. Gratitude is how we keep hold of our blessing. It sustains our joy and our blessing. Now, many of you know I, I am not a musician by any stretch of the imagination. But I do know that on the piano, there's a pedal on the floor. And I never quite understood what it was for, but it's called the sustain pedal. And you hit it, and it holds, it holds the note that you hit longer, and it kind of draws it out and makes it sweeter. And, and, and that's kind of the idea of what gratitude does for us in the way of a blessing. When we're grateful for a, for a blessing, it draws it out. It, it takes it and moves it and carries it through, even when things aren't going great for us. Because it seems like we can be grateful for something that goes really well, and then we can just be really upset when things aren't. And if we have gratitude and we are thankful for the things that God has blessed us with, it'll carry through the negative times as well. And that's where we're at in all of this. The blessing becomes more than just something temporary. It becomes something that can bear fruit and give us that joy and give us that peace and give us that patience, the things that are the fruit of the Spirit, if we hold on to that. Grateful people replay the blessing over and over and over again. On the other hand, bitter people replay the negative thing that's happened to them over and over and over again. I got a story I got to tell you. Um, there's a there's a guy that uh, we have a mutual friend, and, and we kind of knew each other a little bit. I didn't know him great, but um, he's been kind of cold to me lately. The few times I've seen him, it's kind of like, hey, one of those. And I'm like, what, what did I do? So I asked my buddy that knows him as well. I said, what exactly happened? He goes, you want to know what happened? I said, yeah, that's why I'm asking. I, what, what exactly happened? He said, well, back in 2005, yeah. Not even joking. Back in 2005, you were at a conference, and he was at the same conference, and he said hi to you, and you just said hey, and walked on by. I'm like, I didn't know him in 2005. How's that possible? Well, he knew you, and, and you know, you didn't say hi to him. I said, it's 2011. He's really holding on to that, and that's why he's being cold to me today? 
Yep. How can that be? How can you live your life like that? If you're living your life like that, if you're that person I'm talking about right now, let go. It's okay. It really is. And I know women have a harder time in that than men. You know, we've had this discussion. I've had this discussion with guys before. I can fight with a guy today, and tomorrow we can be best friends again. Women, not so much the case. But let go. Hold on to the good things. Don't hold on to the bad things. Life's too short to have that kind of stuff. When we focus on how good God is and express us and express it, it'll allow us to thank God for the things that he did years ago and still be thankful for them today. That changes our perspective on today, doesn't it? That's why God wants us to bring him praise and thanksgiving. That's why it's so important for us to bring God our praise and our thanksgiving. It's not for him. He doesn't need it. But he knows what it'll do to us. He knows how it'll change our hearts and our minds and the way we live our lives. Stephen, you gave me the best compliment this morning and you didn't even know it. Because you said, how you doing? I said, hey, can't complain. He goes, I never hear you complain. And I, I said, you just don't hang around me enough. But <laughs> the fact, you know, you get around people that complain all the time and you're just like, please God. Make my phone ring. You know, whatever, whatever it is. You know, we, we, we have to hold on to the good things, and, and it, it really changes our perspective on life. And that leads us to our next one. That is, gratitude begins where my sense of entitlement ends. Gratitude begins where my sense of entitlement ends. Anybody in here have a kid or ever was a kid? Raise your hand. Yeah. I want, I want, I want. And when they finally get it, or when you finally got it, very rarely is there a thank you that, that goes into it. Why? Well, because you're my mom, you're my dad, you have to give that food to me. Because I said I wanted it. That is the kind of culture that we kind of live in right now. That is a problem. Let me tell you something I'm grateful for. Something that maybe some of you guys have, maybe some of you don't. And you'd be grateful if you did have it. Health insurance. Health insurance. I know that sounds dumb to say, but I don't get paid a whole, whole lot of money to be in the ministry. But one of the perks that I've always had since the first day that I got into full-time ministry is I had health insurance included in my compensation package. That's a huge deal that I took for granted. And the reason why I know that I took it for granted is because I didn't even think twice the fact that we paid $5 for Camden to be born. $5. The first copay to go into the doctor was $5, and it was covered from there all the way until we left the hospital. Didn't even bat an eye at it. Figured everybody had that, right? No. You know how much my grand whopping total for radiation was? Roughly $180,000. You know how much I paid? 30. That was my copay. You sit back and you think, man, what do people who don't have health insurance do? The Wagners, their health insurance was canceled because they had to choose between paying their house payment and paying their health insurance payment, and that was before Katie had gotten sick. The awesome thing is, the awesome thing is, is that uh, a, a business in the community 
picked up their health insurance, paid their premiums for the rest of the year, and, uh, and got her back with Blue Cross Blue Shield and, and all the things that, that so all of her stuff's going to be taken care of, which just blew me away. It was on the, the local news and stuff. It was, I, I actually included that link in that same email. There's so many things about Christianity that we think we're entitled to. Just being a Christian, because we were born in America. But in all reality, it's part of our compensation package, and we think we're entitled to it. Well, we're not. We didn't deserve any of it. We didn't deserve what Christ did for us, but he did it anyway, because he loved us. It's all just part of the package, sometimes we think. Anybody here get paid by direct deposit? I get paid by direct deposit. Kind of takes the fun out of work sometimes, doesn't it? Not having that check in hand. I mean, you've you got to turn around and give it away anyway. But wouldn't it be nice just one time that when you got paid, they just handed you a fat roll of cash? <laughs> wouldn't that be awesome? And say, here, here's your pay. I mean, it's the same thing, but to have it in hand and just be excited about getting it because... When you have direct deposit, it just becomes, okay, every other week, it's going to be there. It's going to be there, and you take it for granted. But never should we take a job or a payday for granted because there's about a bunch of million Americans out there that aren't getting one right now. And they didn't take it. They're taking it for granted now. They look back and say, oh, man, I, I really liked having that payday. We have to be careful where that sense of entitlement happens. And see... If you want to draw that to a biblical sense, you can take the idea that in the Old Testament, in order to have people's sins forgiven, they had to take sheep and goat and bulls and sacrifice them on the altar. In the New Testament, that's when Jesus came along and became the ultimate sacrifice for us. We don't have to go into our backyard and get our clean, precious dog and put him on the altar. Okay, We don't have to do that. We have Jesus. We were given Jesus a direct deposit that hits our account every morning. His, his mercies are fresh every morning. His grace is fresh every morning. And yet we take it for granted because we don't have it in hand for whatever reason. So I wonder, just some, not that I want to go sacrifice anything, um, but I wonder sometimes if the people in the Old Testament had a real true sense of the gratitude they had for God and the fact that they had to do that to cleanse of their sins. Because sometimes I think we forget. We get caught up in our entitlement because we deserve that gift from God. But we don't. We don't deserve it. It's a gift from God that is new every day. I think if we want our sense of gratitude to stay up, we need to have our sense of entitlement go down. God doesn't want to have to bless us. I'm sorry. God doesn't have to bless us, but because he is good, he does. We need to remember that. God doesn't have to do anything for us, but because he is good, he does, and we should never expect a blessing. And I think that's kind of where it happens with parents and kids, that kids expect to get something out of the deal. Any of you guys travel a lot and buy presents for your kids when you get back? And the second you walk in the door, it's not, hi, Dad, how are you? It's, what did you bring me? It's because we expect things. And I want you to know this. We can rejoice in the expected blessings and we can rejoice in the unexpected blessings. We can rejoice 
It's easy to rejoice in the unexpected blessings. When somebody gives you something or, um, you know, you get a gift card and you're like, oh, wow, did that come from that? Thank you so much. Appreciate that. But we can rejoice just as much in the things that are expected. This morning, you woke up. Somebody else didn't. This morning, you woke up in a warm house. Somebody else didn't. You took a shower with hot water. Somebody else didn't. You had the opportunity to choose to eat breakfast or not. Somebody else didn't. But yet we take all those things for granted. We don't rejoice in the expected blessings. I want you to start there, and I want you to work your way back to what God has done for you. I think it will change the perspective for all of us. Gratitude is not based on how good my situation is, but instead it's based on how my situation seems to me. It's based on how my situation seems to me. That's why every time I've ever gone on a mission trip, and maybe you can, you can feel the same thing, everybody's always so happy in these foreign countries. And they have a broom that's made out of palm leaves, and they're sweeping dirt off a dirt floor. Dirt off a dirt floor. And they're like, hey, glad you're here. How, how can you be so happy? You're going to get one meal today. And it's rice and it's beans. How can you be happy about that? You live in a hut that's no bigger than my living room for your entire family of 10. How can you be happy about that? Or why is it that we're not happy with what we have and we always want more? I guess it boils down to the fact that people who feel entitled don't see what they get as a blessing and it makes it hard to be grateful for anything. People who feel entitled don't see what they get as a blessing and it makes it hard to be grateful for anything. Number four, grateful people can find a blessing, enlarge a blessing, or create a blessing in any circumstance. These people can annoy you, okay? These are the people that can find good in any situation. These are the people that get up in the morning and they're smiling. And you're like, why are you smiling right now? I'm going to punch you in your teeth. Okay, that, that's the thought that we have sometimes. The opposite is true as well. Negative people can find a burden, enlarge a burden, or create a burden in any situation. These are the glass half-empty people. They're also hard to be around. The best way to describe them I thought of many, many words today, but I couldn't find any that were the ones that would stick in your brain. And there's one that may not be the most church-appropriate word, but the best way to call these people, they're crap factories. Okay? They produce crap. You put a blessing in, crap comes out. They can spin any situation into a burden. Where on the other hand, anybody who can spin a situation into a blessing, what person are you? Are you the crap factory? Or are you one who can look at a situation in the face and say, yeah, God's going to bless it? It's so amazing to me that Katie sees what she's going through as a mission field, that she's going through six weeks of chemo as a mission field, as sitting in Phoenix Children's Hospital as a mission field, 
It'd be real easy to twist that to the negative. Grateful people can find a blessing, enlarge a blessing, or create a blessing in any situation. And I think the, way, the reason they do it and the, the way they're able to do it is our situation does not have to improve for our gratitude to increase. Our situation does not have to improve for our gratitude to increase. Gratitude is not based on our situation, so we need to quit focusing on what we've lost and instead focus on what we have left. Quit focusing on what we have lost and focus on what we have left. And praise God for what remains. Praise God for what remains. It's not easy. It's not natural. But if you're a grateful person, you can always find a way to praise God. The final observation I want you to see today is this. Gratitude increases favor and creates opportunity. Gratitude increases favor and it creates opportunity. I think God knows who knows how to accept a blessing. He knows if you know how to accept a blessing. And when you are able to accept a blessing, you're able to turn it back into praise and gratitude, it makes you more attractive to God. And that gratitude makes you more attractive to God and those blessings will increase. Why would you want to give something to anybody that doesn't know what to do with it? Or doesn't use it properly? Or doesn't respond properly when you do? It's not easy to do. And I know. I know that we're not living in the best of times right now. I know that some of you, your finances are tight and there's more bills than there are money. I know that maybe there are people in here that your relationships aren't good with your spouse or your kids or your family. Maybe you just hate your job. Maybe you hate the, your house or the condition it's in. Your car's old and you want to buy a new one. I mean, there's all sorts of things that we just get wrapped up in. It could be as simple as your football team's not winning or they just get destroyed by the Eagles on Sunday night. I mean, who knows? But, you know, I don't know what it is inside of you that is making you feel just really down. But I want you to think about something for a second. I want you to think about the things that you do have. Close your eyes and think about the tangible things that you have that others don't. And even more so, I want you to think about the unseen blessings, the forgiveness, the hope, the understanding, the wisdom. Just thank God for Jesus. Because this life is going to end. This body is a temporary container. And someday we're going to spend eternity in heaven because Jesus Christ came and died on a cross for us. Jesus never changes. I'm going to invite the band to come up as we sing Jesus the one thing remains. He is the one thing that remains. Jesus is enough for us. We talked about it last week. Sometimes it sinks in, sometimes it doesn't. Should we honestly really let the crowd at Oprah get more excited about the car that will rust than we do get excited about a gift that we're given that will last forever? We sing this one thing remains. I want you to see the words. I've told you this before. But listen to what it says. Higher than the mountains that I face, stronger than the power of the grave, constant in the trial and the change. Jesus is the one thing that remains. Let's be glad about that. Let's be glad about that and show God our gratitude today. And I'm not saying we have to beat tambourines and run up and down the aisle playing with snakes. That's not what I'm saying. But you know what? It's okay to move a little bit. It's okay to clap. It's okay to sing out loud. I'm a terrible, terrible singer. But I will sing out loud and praise God.
that he made me that way. Let's pray. Father, we love you and we thank you for who you are. We really do thank you for who you are. Help us to show that gratitude, not only in our words, but Lord, in our lives. We are so thankful for Jesus and that he is the one thing, the only thing that we really, really need. Lord, if there's anybody in here today that needs to understand more about Jesus, please move in their hearts to have them come and speak with me so I can pray with them. Pray it in your name. Amen.